Welcome, 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 unique New York. I haven't said a word to anybody all day. I don't know how to talk. All right, radio DJ. I think you nailed it. 102.1, the UG. Welcome to the new Ugly, the podcast where we review Nur Ein songs for the songwriting contest Nur Ein. I'm Mike and I'm here with my co-host Ben. How's it going, Ben? It's going good. My puppy's right here. They're being so cute. It's a good day. Yeah, if I asked her to give me a rap verse, could she give me a rap verse? Probably better than I could, Mike. Would she give me some awkward singing instead? Uh, No, but I would. Yeah, we'll talk about that more later. <laughs> All right, so this is round five. The title was North Beach Vampires. The challenge was an acapella section. Now, Ben, it seems like there was some confusion about what an acapella section means. Explain this to me since you are the arbiter of challenges. Yes, since I speak for all judges, past, present, and future. Can I get can I get a signed affidavit on that? Signed in triplicate with the notary. So an acapella section is a section I would qualify it as at minimum two beats, preferably at minimum a measure, but I I, would, I suppose I would allow two beats, uh, where there is nothing but voice, and if I am feeling generous on the day, and some people are, we will allow some sort of like hand clap or body sound. But basically, if an acapella group would use it and sing it, I would allow it. What I noticed is that some contestants this round did a full acapella where they had a group of voices. It, it was all themselves, so, you know, it's not an acapella group. But they dubbed over themselves multiple times to have like a, a beatbox or a, a bass, you know, like a, the classic, quote, acapella sound, you know, not singing any words. So is that what you were looking for? Because other contestants just dropped out the instruments for a while and had a lot of voices going on. I personally am a bit more biased to attempts to be more of a full acapella group. And so when you have a baseline that does bubba bums or whatever, that is reminiscent of a lot of acapella groups who have a baseline in verses, not necessarily choruses, but verses. You have that sometimes. Um, other times they'll all sing words, maybe something like a barbershop even. I prefer that flavor than just we drop out the instrumentation and continue the line. Technically, dropping out the instruments and singing the line does count because you have solos and hand claps in some acapella songs. Technically, I will allow it, but I would put the caveat on that's the technicality. And as I've said before, I think many, many times over the years, that if you technically do the challenge, you're doing it poorly. So uh, what if somebody did a whole song as acapella? Because the challenge was contains an acapella section, and a few of the contestants just did a whole acapella song. The mathematician in me wants to argue that a section is a subset of a song. We didn't explicitly say that a section could not be a whole song. So technically, a single section is a subset of a song, and an entire song could be classified as a section and a song. So I'm all for it. So since you are an acapella person, you would pick full-on acapella to, to rank first, and then you would pick a more traditional acapella section, and then you'd pick the checkbox acapella section. Yes. in my So the way I've been judging this year, I have tried not to just be purely emotional, so I have a little bit of a rubric. The challenge category is one, and yes, that is how my, my, bro my breakdown went this, this year, basically, was if you went full acapella, you got lots of points. If you went traditional acapella, you got lots of points. If you went... I'm going to drop the instrumentation, but make a little bit of effort and sing a, sing a line for a while. You get some points. And if you treated it like a checkbox and just did a little bit and that was it, uh, you got a few points. That, that sounds fair to me. But you also didn't specify that in the challenge. So, you know, that's the interesting thing about Nurine, folks, is that every judge has their own rubric. You have a uberic. I have a me -beric, And the other judges have a they -beric, Right? 
Uh, yes, I guess you. That was that was hard to hear, but yes, that was the criteria for my challenge column in my rubric for scoring this round. Very good. All right, in alphabetical order, as is tradition, as you should be ranking them. Then, waiting for start with Weller's. Got Go. stories to tell from the city that I think you'd want to know. Jack is back from his travels. And Alan is howling again. And really, Neil and Jack and me. What, what do you think, Benny from the block? Very first off, I love the saxophone. I played the baritone sax in the Barry, if you will, <laughs> for years in high school. A very fond attachment to it. I just love it. It's fun. It doesn't necessarily add a ton to the song, especially it has, a, it has a long solo. I will admit, I love it. I'm very biased towards it. I don't know if it does anything, but I just love it. So please, please add more sax. Ben needs more sax. He is sax deprived, everybody. Oh, jeez. So this has an acapella challenge for, I think, like four phrases in the bridge section. So, all right, take the effort. The lyrics, I had a hard time. Again, I love the sax so much. I kind of had a hard time listening to the song. I think it's about vampires coming to town. There's some puns in here. It's kind of fun. It's upbeat. You know, it's, it's a light song to me. Generally bopping along. I'm enjoying it. It's good. I liked it. How about you, Mike? I will fully admit this is where I entered into genre bias town. And this is where I often enter into genre bias town with cave dwellers. You know, I admit it. I will move on. Um, now, to start out with, I think the performance is really good. The mix is really good. And the more I listen, I do actually like it. It's mostly the melody that turns me off. It feels a little too, ah, like trying so hard to avoid conventional things. Anyway, you know, it's funny you mentioned the saxophone. I have a problem with the saxophone as it pertains to the entire song. It's really harsh, and I think that might be some sort of exciter FX or something on it, or maybe even the mastering, but it it's just... It's almost distorted, and it's in these frequencies that really hurt on my headphones. Really drill in. That's just the saxophone in general. You can rein in a berry sax and make it sound kind of pretty, but it is, I mean, I think it shines best when it just sounds dirty and messy. There's probably a little effect on it, but not a lot. It might be a little bit of both. It might be that it has its natural sound, and then if you EQ it the wrong way, it penetrates a little too hard. So I don't like the horn during the whole song, but I do, I love that solo. That solo reminds me of a jazz song, and I like jazz. The guitar solos are just excessive and unnecessary, in my opinion. They're just a bit too long, too much going on. I missed it the first time entirely. Totally missed the guitar solo was the thing. Got way more excited for the sax solo. Yeah, the sax solo was awesome. Anyway, I mean, that's about all I have to say. You made it to the next round, and you probably really liked this song you made. Yeah, I hope you do. I, w- I would like more more of this type of thing. I don't know if it's going to get all the way to the end, but I personally enjoy Barry Sax, so just throw more Barry Sax in. Ben needs more Sax, everybody. Give me the Sax. Up next, we have Get carried off a hero or walk off in shame. Get your shoulder pads on, get high behind the bleachers Visitors sigh downwind from all the teachers That was Frankie Big Face. Honestly, his face is not that big. I have always resisted Frankie's vocals, and I've never been able to explain why. I, like, I, I, I don't know if I, I don't think I can even provide a good, good explanation now. But what I have noticed is there's a few times where I very much think it's a, an EQ mixing thing because I think overall the vocals end up being doubled and they just sound a little like muddly to me every time I hear that. But when Frankie drops the doubling and there's just a, a single solo voice, I actually really like it. There's a couple of times in this in this song where there's just a single solo voice out and not a, not a doubled. And I, I love those. But these double just, I, I just, I can't explain it. I can't tell you how to fix it. I just can only tell you what I'm hearing. But the every time it sounds like they are doubled, whether they actually are not, I am just resistant to it. It just it just doesn't seem as clean as when it's a solo voice. When it's a single track, I love it. I'm actually, I'm totally here for it. You know, he's got a little bit of gravel in his upper register that I can see how that might be coming through and having the, almost the same effect as the guitars in this song. I don't have a problem with the voice quality, though. Like, again, 
every time, he, like when he comes through a solo line, I think it's on the higher notes. And again, I, I like it. It's fine. It's totally good. It is. It's just when it sounds like it's double to me, it just sounds a little muddled. And I very much think it's a, a mixing thing. I could be wrong. Maybe I'm totally out of left, like completely out of my ass, but. Yeah, this song has a great structure. It has good change-ups. It's poppy enough, although it could be poppier. Come on. It could be poppier. You can you can pop me more, Frank. However, I don't know if we're talking about the same thing. Probably not. Probably not. Because you're insane. And and you have no qualifications other than as karaoke host. Correct. But I agree with you. The mix is the biggest problem I have. The guitar track just takes over the whole song, unfortunately. It has good intentions, especially at the beginning, but it doesn't settle back down. It's like the dog that barks, but then doesn't settle down. I mean, I don't have that problem. I actually really like the acapella section. I wish it was longer. I wish there was more. It feels kind of like I'm going to do a little more than the minimum to get through. But it is well done, though. I actually like the hand claps. I think it adds a nice little effect. We drop out the guitar and everything and, and get that ooh, the, the deep bass ooh. I'm pretty sure that's the song. Yeah, I think that's one of the catchiest parts of the song. Yeah, I, I think it was great. Um, and But I think the guitar, the fact that the guitar is kind of like loud and, and very noticeable, when it drops out, it's even more noticeable. Oh, it's not yeah. There. yeah. Like I, so you're agreeing with me about the mix. I am not agreeing that I don't like it, but I am agreeing that it's it's very present. Yes, the guitar is stabbing me in the earballs, and when it stops stabbing me, what's left? Not necessarily nice when it's not there, but it's very noticeable when it's not there, and right. that that transition yep. worked for me. Yeah, I will say. I just wish there had been more. All right, we should move on. Next, we've got Glowworm. <laughs> Drove by the waterfront last night Empty as ever You used to love this time of year Alright, that was Glowworm! I wish I could see him in person to see if he glows. Ah, or if he's worm. I mean, worms can't sing, so that's obviously fiction, right? There's big worms. There's giant worms. That's a thing. Is he like a Tremors worm? Probably. Did Max Bombast create Glowworm last year by doing a song about Tremors? Probably. Max is a wizard. All right, so this song has an awesome start. It's an amazing start. It makes me so happy and so excited. And then it goes into this slow verse, and I'm like, what happened, everybody? The chorus picks it up a little bit, but then then the intro is repeated, and it's the same disappointment over again. I... Agree with your segmentation. I disagree with the the preference of those segments. Um, I kind of hate the the intro. Actually, I'll be honest. Like it's good. Technically, it's good. I think like technically it it fits, but it this is one of those that I feel like we technically did the challenge. We we like got it in there. We we did the minimum. I mean, even in the second round of the the Batman's, there's instruments on it. Like we did enough. And I am disappointed in that. You love everything except the intro. I do. I adore this song, quite honestly. I love that the verse is slow. I love that the chorus, pre-chorus, whatever you even call it, speeds up. I love that the chorus like sort of like breaks it down in between. Like I just I I adore this song. It's so good. But I I hate the acapella piece. I, it just feels so Yeah, I, I I mean I would be in I would be interested to hear which came first. The intro or the rest of the song. Because I would definitely like the song if it didn't have the intro. And I would definitely like the song if it had a different song after the intro. But when you put the two together, the expectations do not match up. After that kind of intro, I expect a huge, like, bass drop, trap type thing. Like, bum, You know? I want to get low and dirty, is what I'm saying. After that yeah. intro, and then it's like, oh, here's a sentimental song. What happened here? Maybe I'm totally wrong. Glowworm, feel free to yell at me. But I feel like the intro was the I need to do the acapella challenge section. But the outro is, to me, it's just staring you in the face. It is almost already acapella. It's like the voice and the piano, which you could have done another voice on. And then there's some drum kits on the way out. You could have, you could have beatboxed that. That would have been neat. I'll take this bet. I bet that the intro came first, and he's like, what do I do next? I mean, I, I adore the song. I, I have nothing bad to say about the song, except for the Batman. The Batmans just feel like they were kind of there to do the challenge, and I thought Glowworm was going to... You mean the Nanas? Are you referring to the Nanas as... I am I'm referring to the Nanas. I now call them Batmans. You are such a nerd. Yes. Um, 
I just can't. I can't. No, 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 no. Yeah, see? I don't know. I think of Hey Jude when I hear Na Na. Oh, that's a good one, too. Or that other song that I always forget the name of, but I call it Hey Jude. Na 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 na. Hey hey Jude. I, I thought Glowworm was gonna like knock this challenge out of the park and melt my face off with a really great song. And I I have a really great song, but I do not have the challenge knocked out. Like I'm not knocked off my feet with the challenge, and I am sad about that. I thought it was I thought it was gonna happen. Yeah, I, it it's its biggest flaws. It's just not a coherent composition. I like each of the parts individually. I disagree, good sir. Well, you you disagree, but you don't like the intro, so whatever. I mean, that that I'm one not piece, that one piece. Zip it. Beyond <laughs> which, uh, I love the drum switch up at the chorus, though. The chorus is much better than the verse. The intro is at a ten, and then the verse is at a two, and the chorus is at a five, maybe. And the chorus does kind of get me back there, but not enough to go back to the nanas. Also, I noticed there are two types of hand claps in this song. I can see through you, Glowworm. I can see through you, and those are not real hand claps. You did not clap those. I totally didn't, didn't recognize it at all. I believe you. Because the, the, the ones at the chorus, they're too loud. That is the biggest flaw in this song is the claps at the chorus oh, are too loud. Yeah, that's right. You're right. There's the na-na claps and the chorus claps, and the chorus claps are the big like wind-up ones. <laughs> the na-na's are the little, like, I'm, I'm, a, I'm in, I gotta do lots Otherwise, it was very artfully crafted. We're just giving you stuff. We're just in round five. I have to be nitpicky about things in round five, and I hate it. I hate it so much. All right, up next, we've got John Eric. And I can tuck away my tail. Spend a couple hours at a tanning salon to make me just a little less pale. I can shower off the smell. Alright, that was John Eric. And I have to say, that, that was a really good song. <laughs> I, I, I am dumbfounded by how amazing that song is. The kitschy stuff normally isn't for me, but man, he's just got it all in the song. And then on top of it, he also makes a Chupacabra reference. That's great. It's it's catchy, it's fun, it's a pretty good mix. Probably could use better mastering, but couldn't we all? Couldn't we all? You know, the, the kitschiness, it's... I want to be there. It's not too kitschy. It's the right amount of kitschy. I agree with that, and then, and then some. Like, I love how kitschy and campy this whole thing is. It is just silly. It is... Like, it is exact. Every time I hear this, I think of like a 50s teen monster romance comedy movie. Every single time, it's like, you know, a werewolf boy is trying to date the head cheerleader, but he, you know, has to go ask Nosferatu for some dating advice. And whoa, it's not a werewolf, it's a chupacabra. There are so many things in here. I know, I know, but like, that's, you know, I think of movies with teen romance, it's, you know, werewolves are. Michael J. Fox, I think, did that one. I mean, I know Chupacabra is self-referential, but it was such a dumb title that I love it. It's not just the Chupa. There's a bunch here. But either way, I love this song. Like, it's just it's just catchy and silly. It's got some good beach parts. I think the one thing that I continually lose on this is the challenge. Like, I know it's there, and I have notes about, like, oh, it's, you know, it's it's in there. It's just weird. It seems weird to me that the challenge gets lost in this, but I, I just I adore it. I absolutely adore it. I thought the challenge was done very well in this one, honestly. It, it, it takes kind of the same template as Frank's song. That's what my notes tell me. My notes tell me it was at least decent, but I can never, ever recall it. I'm, I'm very much trusting my... I was paying really close that, attention to it That's because it fits in so well with the song. You know, that's how you know somebody did a challenge well, is if you don't notice it, and that's the people who get penalized the most by the judges, so whatever. It's Narine. There's a harmonica in here, too. That's just fun as shit. Oh, yeah, the harmonica is amazing. I am floored. I continue to enjoy this. I'm, John Eric, I think this whole competition for me has been at one end of the extreme or the other, because there's been a few rounds. I think I put him at the very bottom, because I'm like, oh, John, this still doesn't work. And most other rounds, I'm like, John, this is great. Like, keep doing this shit. So, John, keep doing this shit. Like, yeah, it's a very delicate line. I got nothing else. This, this is good. This worked. <laughs> Whatever kept you on that line, whatever that was, do it. Up next, we've got Mandibles, our guests. Over the North Beach Vampires. 
We spent the whole spring stuck inside. Yeah, we're the North Beach vampires. The sun is out. There's no reason to hide. All right, that was mandibles. Abigail, mandibles. Abigail, bulls. Abigail, Ugh. Uh, yeah. This is a great song. This is a great, great song. I mean, yeah, there are things that can be improved, but overall, I think it's a very, very good entry, and I like it. Yeah. Uh, I, I think this is, we've had like three or four, I think there's like three or four different beach-ish songs this round, so I guess we inspired that. Oh, North Beach, duh. I do love this. I absolutely love the intro. I love the intro because I'm a sucker for female-led acapella groups, and I think the reason for that is because if it's a male-led acapella group, I just sit there thinking the whole time, I could do that better. I sound better than that guy, which is, you know, true or not, it's just vanity, but the whole verse is acapella. We got, I think it's Abigail doing the, the low alto, trying to fill in the bait. Like, I just I just love it. I, I'm i a sucker for that kind of sound. Absolutely great. I can almost never say anything else about the rest of the song because I get stuck on the first bit. Yeah, I, I mean, I think I think the only, the only negs, the only negs, I, is negs a bad term? Should I not use negs? Neg is probably fine in this context. All right. Fine. The only negs I've got for this song are with the uh, with the mixing and with some you know pitch parts, but I think it's a great song. And I also I'm just blown away with how awesome the guitar playing is. That is some amazing guitar playing. You know, this is an acapella song through and through until you get to the guitar. Really, I also like that they gave a whole verse to each of their singers. This, I think, is one of the, the cases where it's... it. I appreciate this, that everyone got their own verse. I just like that. I'm a sucker for sharing the mic. Yeah, we'll talk about that more later. I just love it. I think it's good. Good work, Mandibles! Up next, we've got Max Bombast! Please keep your cross inside your home and your silverware locked in the basement because... Starts mostly a cappella and then it throws in real instrumentation later. This is uh how do you say pastish? Is it just pastish? Pastiche. Pastiche. This is P-A-S-T-I-C-H-E. Yeah. This is a a pastiche of all my favorite Max Bombast songs in one. And it I don't know, comparing it to Elevator Men, I'm not sure I would say I would like it more than Elevator Men. But this is good. It's good. I also like the image that it portrays of the appropriation of vampire culture. I thought that was funny. I don't know if it's actually using like a metaphor or if it's actually vampires. Either way, I think it's really funny. The line about the daughter appropriating their culture by wearing goth clothes cracked my shit up the first time I heard it. It was great. Or uh, how the decorations are out till Christmas. Also love that because it's a, yeah, because it's a different twist. It's first, first let me say, you're doing a bad thing to my culture and now you're doing another bad thing that sounds like it should be against my culture, but really it's just bad because you're a bad neighbor. Take that shit down. <laughs> like it's just, yeah. It was funny. It was clever. I like yeah. that. I, I thought the lyrics were clever. I think this is one of the ones that he's put in the most effort this year, I would suspect. At the same time, it does feel very much like a lot of other songs so it's not really branching out as an artist, so to speak, because it's throwing together all the stuff we love about all the other songs. I, I, honestly, I just, I love this song, but I kind of just want to go back and listen to Elevator Men. You know, I, I had forgotten about Elevator Men until you said it, and now I, I'm going to go do that after we're done recording. The, the way he hangs on We Are, I think it's We Are Vampires in this or something. We Are the North Beach Vampires. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and it's very similar to We Are Elevator Men. Yeah, I think I, I mostly just echo everything you said. Most of Max's songs, I feel like, are pretty much in the same general kind of wheelhouse. We don't necessarily stretch a lot of genres at all, but I I feel like there's very much a difference between Max sort of like phoning it in or just getting it into the wire, like just, just I need to get it done so I get it done, and Max being, yep, I'm ready to go, I got this thing, let's do it, and it's like worlds of difference to me. This, I think, is one of my favorites of his, certainly this year. I don't know about overall, but definitely one of this year. I think he really had the effort. I don't know if it's like the inspiration struck or whatever. I do appreciate it, though. I think it's great. 
I love that the intro is all acapella. There's a little bit of like growl-ish energy in some of those lines. I love the cleverness. Honestly, yeah. here for it. Yeah, it, it has all the good classic hallmarks of a Max Bombast song. Just do this for another like round or two. Channel North Beach Vampires, I guess. Up next, we've got Moss Palace. Or, as I say, Palace here. Marison Palace. Marison Palace. Or Moss Marison. I don't know. I'm going to go to Lim and say this might be the best, if not one of the best, this competition. I love it. Another like wonderful song. Pretty much my only complaint is that, again, this feels like we technically did the challenge. Oh, yes. I already told Sam that. So the difference between Glowworm and Moss Palace on the challenge, specifically here, is it fits better. Lowworm song feels like we took we took some nananas and threw them into spots and that was it. The Moss Palace here, we have the the uwu bit, which is the technically the acapella section in some part. It is echoed throughout the song and in the like in the song, not just as like like it's it's well it's woven into the song. If I had to hazard the guess, the acapella came first for Glowworm and it came last for Moss Palace. Would almost disagree with that, but who knows? It's very easy to just take out all the instruments and be like, oh yeah, this is a pretty good acapella part. I'm gonna I'm gonna do that. Whereas with the Glowworm. He had that very aggressive intro, as if that were the first idea he had for acapella, but then didn't know where to take it. That's just my guess. But yes, this is a very Marison take on the challenge, in that we are going to do the bare minimum that a reasonable-looking person would do. Yeah, I, I do remember that being a problem with Marison. You 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 gotta maintain appearances, Ben. You gotta <laughs> you gotta you gotta look primp and proper. But I do I do love the song. Yeah, this is a really good song, and I love the guitar work. I actually think it's a very brave entry for this round because it's a five-some-minute song that, you're right, does just check the box on the challenge. Now, I'm not saying that the acapella part is bad. Oh, no, it's great. <laughs> Some good ooze. Yeah, it's a great acapella part, but it is definitely an afterthought to me instead of shaping the song. But it's very brave to put in a really long, really slow song that just checks the challenge box at this point in the competition. So kudos to them for doing that. They made the song they wanted to make rather than making the song that they knew would get them to the next round. And I think that's awesome. The details are my favorite part of this song. Just the little build-ups, the additional layers as the song goes on. It's easy to miss on the first listen, or if you're just skipping through all the songs to rate them as a judge, as I'm sure some judges may do sometimes, maybe. No, we listen to everything perfectly every time. I, I wouldn't say this is my favorite Marison song, but I like this song. Yeah, I mean, I, I since I'm in my ear, it's playing right now, too. And I do want to just intentionally call out the energy levels in Aaron's voice in that last chorus are great. I love it. Yes, please. More. That's, that's it. Please, sir, could I have some more? Please, Aaron, can I have some more? All right. And up last for our final contestants so alphabetically, we have You have to sign a waiver and there's no hidden fees, but... Please dot your eyes and don't crush your teas in the dead, 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 the dead of night. There's a body right, in that the was Give it to us, Ben. As we mentioned earlier, a section is technically a whole song. Total, like I'm fine with. I have no problem with that. Yes, Szymanski did the whole song as a cappella. It is bold and brave. Every time I hear this song, I think, oh, this must be what dark barbershop is supposed to kind of sound like because it it sounds to me it sounds a little not like totally but like a little reminiscent of like what if we took a barbershop and tried to make it a little goth i could hear that yeah the biggest problem i have with that though every single time i say that i say well why isn't it it's not i'm gonna say i'm gonna say interesting i don't and i don't mean like oh i'm bored when i hear it i mean 
There's not a weird-ass baritone part to make really interesting and weird chords full of tension. Um, I hear a lead singing. I hear a bass underneath it. I hear a first kind of floating around a little bit, but it feels very much like everything's sort of like locked in and we're doing, we're doing a nice general chord thing. We could have replaced a couple parts with instruments and had a song. We have like kind of a, a regular rock gothy song and we replaced a couple instruments with voices. And to me, barbershop is you have your lead singing the part, normal, great, fine. The bass underneath, again, normal, fine. You have a tenor atop, sort of like floating around, doing some kind of fun things. But you have baritone in the middle whose part never, ever makes sense. They are sort of like jumping around, jumping all across the scale. And their whole point is to sort of like make a lot of tension and then resolve a lot of tension in your chords. I want things to like come together with a really tight chord that's really kind of dissonant and then like spreads out to a nice, beautiful two octave resolution. I want something that, I wish I was better, like more technical at this and more of a composer to like write this shit out, but. I mean, if you used the word like less, I would appreciate it. Sorry. My biggest complaint about this whole song is it feels like there's missing, we're missing a part. We only have three voices here and not four. That's what it sounds like to me. And if we had had that fourth baritone voice, it just, it's, it's a weird part for sure, but it was making a lot of weird dissonance and a lot of interesting chord choices, this would have been my top choice, easily. Now that you mention it, I hear what he's going for. And I agree with you, but in different ways of explaining it. That's what New Oakley is. My biggest problem is that there's no acapella fake instrumentation. Bum, ba bum, ba bum. Or like... Right, that's the barbershop bit. And so you're right, it is barbershop, so I hear that now. You're right, it's thin for being a barbershop. It does, and it also doesn't have a lot of melodic variety. He seems to stick between two, three notes for a lot of the melody, and that's, that's not interesting enough to be barbershop. I think he could go either way with this song, honestly. He could go full-on acapella and have the beatboxing and the bass, bum, 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 and all that nonsense. Or he could have the barbershop part with more variety in the melodies and, and whatnot, as you pointed out. You know, you actually described this better than I did with the resolutions and all that. So that's my take on it, is that it's trying to do something, but it's staying so narrow that it's not doing a thing sufficiently. I think that's fair because like Barbershop to me sounds completely different than most of the songs we've ever heard. Like I feel like I've never heard of Barbershop in any of the rhymes. We've heard acapella, never heard of Barbershop. I mean, you just need really strong voices to make a lot of weird chordal tension that resolves itself. And a lot of acapella songs just make chords and they just kind of go along and sing chords. And that's fine. That's what a lot of modern acapella does. If you're going to describe barbershop as being that complicated the easiest thing he could have done is just added some beatboxing in a bass line and that probably that might have saved it i actually think i would have liked it less well you're always the odd judge <laughs> yeah. out i very much appreciated the attempt and i'm not even saying it was a bad attempt so i don't know if i could do it to make it barbershop and keep the goth feel like goth sound also i don't know how that would play in that would be weird i don't, I don't know how to make that work so i think he nailed a goth barbershoppy type deal yeah we probably should throw in some some vocal beatboxing to make it a little more interesting i would prefer to go with a more traditional barbershoppy thing i don't know how that would sound though or how to make that work and it's just a very different it's a very different type of music so I appreciate the effort, Samantha. Like, I, I really have nothing but praise. I'm, not, I'm critiquing all this thing, but I, I really, really appreciate it. I really enjoyed it. Honestly, if you did the rest of the barbershop, I would probably vote you back in and put you as the champion. I'm just saying. Yeah. That's, I'm just I'm just saying that. I'll just be like, Samantha, you write in champion for barbershop in round seven. So that's our contestants. All eight of them. Yep. That is all the contestants that are still in the game. Do we admit that we're recording later? or? Yes, we do. So this podcast is late. Ergo, we know the results. I don't know if we should tell them, Ben. Should we? I kind of want to hear what your top three and bottom three would be anyway, because that's like our tradition here. And we can get the real results after. I'm surprised I'm saying this, but I, I would put John Eric at the top. I think it's a little surprising for me, but not, not terribly. You seem to really like it. And then I might pick... Uh, gosh. It's kind of a toss-up after that. I feel like John Eric really nailed this one. And everybody else, they they did really good stuff, but they did varying, like, just completely different stuff. 
of the songs, I would say John Eric is the one who nailed it. Just like two rounds ago or one round ago, I can't even keep track anymore. But I would have said that uh, Micah nailed it. And lo and behold, he was cut. So I don't have a good sense of what the judging might go to. Except for a couple, I think the judges were pretty wildly spread on every song. There were a few that were almost everyone agreed on, and there were a few that everyone agreed on exactly, but most of them, I think, were wildly different. Yeah, I mean, I like Frankie's song. I'm not sure I like it enough to put it number one. I would probably put Max number two, maybe Moss Palace or Mandibles three. How many people were cut? We cut three this round. Yeah, so I could definitely find the three that I would cut. I'm not a judge, so it's none of my business. (laughs) Let's go through who actually won. So Frankie won by nearly a landslide. Pretty much every judge put him right at the top. So Frankie takes first spot. John Eric was second, and then Moss Palace and Max Bombast. At the bottom, we had Glowworm, Szymanski, and Mandibles. I mean, I think the only one I disagree with is the Mandibles. I think I would have ranked that one higher. I think all of us, all the judges had a hard time. I mean, we've already been at the point where this is hard. <laughs> We're cutting good artists and good songs. Yeah, I know. You cut me two weeks ago. Yeah, this is rough. I'm most sad about the Gothic Barbershop being cut. That's the one I feel most guilty about. That is all the contenders. We will see next week which one of them pulls through to be in the finale. And in the last round, the judges don't judge. So we can actually have a sane result. That's kind of like saying, well, what if the election is uh, Trump versus Trump Jr.? Oh, we, we whittled it down to two. I mean, it is basically U.S. democracy at work here. It's five people who are in power get to get to whittle down everything to the two that you, the people, have to choose from. And then there's probably an electoral college somewhere that gets to twist that around, too. Yeah, so, I mean, it's good people learn early. Anyway. All right, we still have a few uh, shadows going. Let's uh, start with balance. Lost! All right, that was Balance Lost. I don't know about you, Ben, but being the sucker I am, I probably would have given this one a pass if I were a judge, if it were still in. I think most of us would have. I, I remember seeing that a lot. This is really fun. I enjoy this song a lot. I feel like the, the vocals are a little a little too heavily EQ'd for my personal taste, but this like piano and the little weird wah sound that's in there, this thing is charming as hell to me. I really like it. And I don't know what to say about the vocals. It just it just feels like they're overmixed. I guess do less and I'd be happy. I like the vibe of it, definitely. The reversing vocals as part of the climax, not doing what they need to do, in my opinion. I could I could take or leave the reversing vocals. I like that kind of thing. I feel like that's like an EDM type trick. They're kind of there in lieu of other stuff, in my opinion. You know, if they were there and the other stuff were there, I wouldn't notice them. But they feel like they are supposed to carry a part of the song that just is not working for me. Through the whole song, I kind of feel like it's missing a driving bass tone or a... Uh, maybe a rhythmic guitar or something. The guitar that eventually comes in is not the guitar that it needs to have. That's because you're judging this by standards of like a a 2020 song and not by the standards of an 80s song, which is what this is. This is very much a like flock of Oh, well, let me go hop in my DeLorean and I will fly to England in the the 1980s. Yeah, exactly. There you go. You You nailed it. You're right there. You know, it's a shadow, so it's probably just not as developed as it could have been. I feel like some shadows, yeah, that's, that's true. This one feels like it's a lot of work, a lot of effort, and I, again, I have a shit memory. This might be my favorite Balanced Love song of all year, though. I mean, it's charming, it's charming as hell. You can only use that phrase one time per episode. This is my favorite blank song. Okay, I'll try not to use it. I've used it like five times, I know. I'm just saying, I've put the flag in the ground. This is the only song you can use it for. All right, fine. The one I can use it for, even though I think I said it for Moss. But starting now, done. All the right. Beach Up next, we've got conspiracy Rumpy Mike. to make more vampires out of you and me. The North Beach Diet is a conspiracy to make more vampires out of you and me. It started just a couple of months ago. People heard it in the news and they didn't know. 
They're always ready to hop into the latest diet as long as this the only song thing they gotta is, do is awesome. Where it goes wrong is your verse, which I think somebody said they liked. So that's my one. Nobody scrap said of they liked that. Someone no. said it in the listening party. They said they enjoyed how it breaks down. Not even my voice. They just enjoyed the breakdown in the middle. This is what happened. I said to Ben, hey, let's do what we did for Watertight, Nurein 9, right before the new Ugly, which got me cut. Thanks, John Eric. Nurein 9, I said, hey, Watertight crew, referencing the song Watertight, which was a rap song we did, where I had a verse and Scott had a verse. And Ben had a verse, and then I had a bridge, and that was the song. And it was a great rap song. I said, hey guys, let's do that again. Let's do exactly that again. But this is the problem with working with people remotely, is you cannot beat them. What the F, Ben, were you thinking? I would have cut your verse. You should have. I told you to. I told you to. But I had this other collaborator yelling at me to keep it. He's like, this is so funny. I want to keep it. Yeah, it's funny. He, he totally bombed you. I spent all Friday trying to write and get down a rap verse, and I could not do it. And I was struggling because it was both too fast and too slow. I wanted to try to do like a slow rap, but it felt too fast. And then I tried to do a fast rap because I just speak quickly, naturally. And I was like, oh, I can do that. And it was too slow. How hard did you actually try? I spent Friday. Friday was my rap attempt. All Friday? All Friday was my rap attempt. Are we talking hours, minutes? Good three to four hours. I tried to make it work. Really? And I, I just couldn't. Yeah, that was my Friday. And then even on Saturday, I sat in front of my keyboard, just was not clicking for me. Finally, I said, you know what? It's an acapella challenge round. We need an acapella piece. And I just bebooped, bebopped a melody out. <laughs> and I said, you know what? This is not great, but and I just kind of went with it. You cut it like half the verse, which is fine. I didn't do a great job. I will admit. If you actually tried for four hours, I apologize. I assumed that you were just, ah, whatever. I'm going to do whatever the hell I want. I mean, eventually I got to that point. I really tried to make a rap verse. There was no key to the song. There was no instrumental, <laughs> in, instrumental point to the song. And Ben sent back this, this R&B verse. What do I do with this? First thing I did is try to tune it and see what it's going for. And I eventually said to myself, I can't make this work in any which way that makes sense to me. And that is also a failing on my part. So what I did, I started doing acapella over it of Mission Impossible. Oh my God, that is what that is. Holy shit. As, as a throwback to last round, which was the James Bond theme. Oh, wow. I didn't even catch the... That's hilarious. The second you say it, I hear it. And I said to Scott, hey, give me a recording of you say, yo, Ben, lay us that rap verse. <laughs> Because I wanted to guilt you into giving me an actual rap verse. I honestly thought you were going to come back and say, no, Ben, I'm not using this at all. I thought, surely I can make something that makes Ben so ashamed that he sends me a real rap verse. But I forgot that Ben has no shame. Oh, no. That's actually not true. I felt plenty of shame. The problem is you did not increase my shame. I thought we were playing to the bit. I knew it was intentional. I didn't realize that was the intention. I just assumed we were just gonna be dumb. I have the video of Scott's reaction to listening to that. Oh, that's hilarious. Because that's exactly how I felt and how I think everyone felt. I probably spent like 30 minutes trying to make sure I was in key with that too, because I was I obsessed over those three synth chords. You should have talked to me. I was trying to rush it and get it to you so you had something to do. And again, I told you, just tell me to cut it and I'll do something else. But that's what you got. This was one collaborator. The other collaborator, every change I made to the song was the worst thing that ever happened. I could not evolve the song because I liked it the old way. Honestly, I appreciate that you both got me stuff. I appreciate that you collaborated with me. So I'm not going to say I should have been more iron-fisted because that's a good way to not have collaborators. I also expected you guys to elaborate on the chorus and give me something more there. I put probably a half hour into writing my lyrics and recording them before I sent them to you guys. I'll let my collaborators figure stuff out. You know, maybe they'll help me out. What happened is Scott sends me back three tracks of his own verse and you send me back a sung verse. Guys, I needed something for the 
for the chorus. Von Vorten said, this chorus is not good enough. I agree completely. I expected some help. You have to give me direction. I just need direction. I don't think I wrote the lyrics for you last time, Ben. You were in the room. That gave me direction. That's what I learned, is that certain people you cannot trust if you are not in the room with them. This is why working remotely does not work, people. You only work remotely with people who know what they're doing or know nothing what they're doing, and you constantly hound. You didn't hound me. You text me one time. That's what you get. Well, I don't want to be up your ass. I'm a good friend. Well, I appreciate that you're a good friend, but that makes me a bad collaborator, so... In the end, I like the song, except for that, that first. <laughs> it, it stands out so bad. It's, it's so weird. It's so dumb. And it's Ugh. there It's there explicitly to shame you into sending me every Anyway, now that we've railed on me for like 20 minutes, should we move on? Yeah, we have not talked about this since it happened. This, this is me getting out my frustrations with Ben. It's <laughs> fine. I mean, you had pretty good sensibilities with Watertight. That's all I'm saying. I don't know what went wrong. You had me in the room with Watertight. I think I did 20 takes for you in Watertight. I spent the whole day at work writing my lyrics, and I still didn't like them, but whatever. Have you listened to Watertight in the last, I don't know, year? No, of course not. It's awesome. Scott listens to it every day. Every other day, I believe. He said, I like my verse, and I like Ben's verse. He didn't say, I like Mike's verse. He said, he likes your verse. Oh, that's nice of him. The magic happened because you made me record it 20 times in the course of three hours. Yeah, you know, persistence does make better recording. Yes, this time, you did not make me record it 20 times, so... Remember the time I collaborated with Jim, and all I had him do was read some lines? Oh, yeah. But he couldn't say egg, and I made him say it a million times? You know, Jim, he got pissed off at me. I got mad at you during Watertight 2, but I also knew that I was doing a bad job. The fact that I didn't blow up our friendship over Watertight should tell you that's what I needed. Exactly that. That's what I need. <laughs> All I'm telling you. I need direction. Up next, we got Hot Pink. Hello. I think it's not the only one, but this is a very politically motivated song. We're in very politically motivated times. Totally fine. No problem. Are we? Uh, maybe. I mean, I'm not really sure. I definitely don't look outside and, and look at the internet at all. Hot Pink Halo has a political song. It's about Australia. I assume that's where they're from. Australia. Maybe. I don't actually know. I think I saw that's what they said on the board. Or is it Australia? It's Austria, actually. Common misconception. People add the Lelia because they think they sound fancy. It's actually just Austria. That's exactly right. That's right. Isn't Australia fake? Yeah, yeah. It's it's just like the Antarctic. Anyway, here's Happy Halo. A, it's entirely acapella. B, it's political because they have the Australian Prime Minister, the of the house. I forget exactly. I know they mentioned. I kind of like it. I have struggled a bit with Hot Pink Halo. They're very much their own style and they have their own thing. Great, no problem with it. But I, I kind of love the fact that it's it's all acapella. Like it, it feels a lot cleaner. And I have bad memory and I've been bad, been bad on the shadows. But I don't remember really liking a Hot Pink Halo song before this. But I, I like personally like really like this one. I have a lot of good thoughts about this one and just like good associations with it. The Prime Minister speech is a little odd because it's hard to understand. It, it's like intentionally muted which is a weird choice i feel like maybe a little more prominent i don't know what do you got like i'm torn if i listened to it probably 20 times i would be into it so it's definitely got a seed of something there the way the lyrics are delivered are very i think i made this comment last week they come off a bit robotic as if you are reciting syllables from a speech on your paper to the beat. Yeah, but I feel like because it's A, a political song, and a, I think a protest song, but it's political, and B, it's acapella, that is exactly what they like should go for. Like, I, every time I hear this, I think it's sort of like a, a drum circle of protesters, and they got like a, a bongo, and they're singing this together. I get that image. Like, that makes sense to me. Yes, and, and I think that's why I am torn on it. I don't really know what else I can say. I feel like you know, her voice reminds me a lot of Liz Fair. I get where it's going. It, it just needs a little bit more to to draw me in. It's a bit slow. It's a bit off-key at points. But the seed is there, like I said. 
I realized hot pink halo sounds like hopping halo when you say it quickly. Maybe hot pink halo should be hopping halo. Or maybe they should have more frog sounds in their songs. Or maybe they should drink more IPAs. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, moving on then. Let's, uh, next up, inflatable vegetables. You pronounce vegetables very good. Ray-Ban shades and hide Armani jeans. They never surf, but they look like lair. North Beach vampires suck so hard. North Beach vampires suck so hard. North Beach vampires suck so hard. Inflatable vegetables or inflatable veggies, as we call him endearingly. I don't know what I can say about that song other than it sounds like he's got a better recording setup. Veggies got this in kind of late, even by like our neuron standards normally. So this is my first listen. Veggies, whatever you're doing vocally, never change. This is the single best vocal track I've ever heard you ever do, ever. No exaggeration. It is the single best vocal take I've ever heard my entire life of you. Please, please, please never lose whatever you're doing. Please. I love every every vocal thing. Like, I mean, we can talk about, like, oh, there's, like, you know, maybe the melody should do something different. Like, we can talk about, like, technically the notes you're singing, but the sound you are making is fracking immaculate. Please do not change this. Keep doing this. Do not... I, I, I don't know if I can say this enough. Do not change this setup unless it is better somehow, but this is the best vocal take I've ever heard you do. This sounds like Inflatable Veggies got a new recording setup and recorded an awesome Inflatable Veggies song with that new recording setup. It's not the same as a regular Inflatable Veggies song. I, I, so I actually don't agree with that, because I feel like the instrument, in, the instruments, like this, the sound quality, the sound be different, but I feel like the the feel and what we're evoking is still a Veggie song. Yeah, we're doing like a, a, another 50s beach feel. Been very popular this round, because again, beach is in the title. But it's still, it, like I, this to me sounds like a Veggie song. Veggies is usually more melodically diverse, and usually has catchier hooks. This is catchy, and this is melodic, but it's not where it normally is. So it sounds like it's an equipment experimentation rather than a normal Veggies song. I imagine in one or two songs, we are going to hear him come to his full potential with with whatever he's doing with this song. Maybe. And you know what? I'm fine. If that's the result, I'm fine. Again, I just want to stress, favorite vocal take ever. I'm done. Moving on. They don't like come out when the sun is high. They're not lying on the sand by the shore. But every night I see them outdoors with red lips and blackened eyes. North Beach vampires. That was Lycan Throat. All right, so here's Lycan Throat doing, again, a very Lycan Throat song. We got our weird synth piano sound thing. I never know what to call it. This challenge in this round just cements my opinion that Lycanthrope is and always will be the base of a group. He makes weird melodies. He puts some strange notes together. I'm not saying they're bad. They're just different. They're interesting. I like them. I would love to see Lycanthrope's vocals in a group setting. We got kind of close with round three, the guest round, where we had Cybronica did some of the vocals, and so, but they swapped back and forth. I think it'd be great to hear him as the bass in a group. I've always loved the way Lycan Throat sounds as a bass. And then we get to our acapella section. Some of the notes I'm like, those those higher notes are just a little hard. They're a little struggling. No big deal. We all have our ranges. But those low notes, I'm just, I want more low notes. And you have your name for a reason. I think we all know you are that low, gravelly, growly sound. I want more of that. And now I just want to throw it with a group. I, th- I think it'd be great. I agree with you. If you could get a barbershop quartet with him. If you could throw Lycan Throat's bass voice in with Samansky's goth barbershop and we throw in, I don't know who the hell would throw in the baritone. That would be a hard-ass baritone part to do. It'd be so good. The thing that strikes me about this song is that it starts off different than a normal Lycan Throat song. It feels like it's on a different path. 
And then it falls into the same groove as a lot of like in throat songs. So nothing I would say after after the intro is going to not just be regurgitation of stuff I've said before. I will say the things I've said about like in throat year after year, they have continually gotten better. This whole year, not just this song, but this whole year, like in throat's vocal quality has been a lot better. I very much love it and I appreciate it. And I assume we're just gonna get better and better over the next few years. Very excited for those. But I think at this point, like in throat, I feel like you either need to settle into I'm the bass or cater to that wonderful growly low bass voice and just like, I could not tell you a thing to get your higher notes to sound not necessarily strained. They just sound, they sound weaker than your bass voices. And I think that just goes to like practice and, and, and work. As we noted last week, and Abigail pointed out, his speaking voice doesn't have a lot of the same issues his singing voice has. So I think a lot of it just comes down to maybe you need to drink a bottle of scotch before you record. <laughs> you know, relax trying to a little go higher. bit. If you're going higher, smoke a cigarette, because that'll give you a few notes higher. Uh, drinking <laughs> well, no, lower. we do not endorse cigarettes, and and you should only have alcohol in moderate quantities and do not drive afterward. Right. However, I think Abigail was right in that he might be overthinking how to go about vocals. All right, let's move on. Uh, our last non-judge shadow, the serviettes. You've got to decide if it happened or not Think how far the human race has come Let's not go Alright, so that is the serviettes with what I think is an entirely a cappella song. The bass chord or note I think is looped. Uh, but I think it's still a voice. Wasn't that Alexa singing one of those voices. Wasn't that last week? That's the joke. Yes, that was Alexa at the bass. I would allow an all-Alexa choir, technically. I like this song. It kind of reminds me of a funeral, which is not great. I like this song. It's not great. (laughs) I mean, at a funeral, it would be great. That's all I'm saying. I like how fuzzy he was able to get his voices, and I don't know if he was doing that on purpose or if he put effect on them. I think it's his real voice. I feel like I don't hear a lot of effect, except for the fact that the bass is looped, which I don't know how I feel about that yet, but that is purely in terms of, oh, it should be an acapella group singing and not song with acapella. Like, it's it's a dumb distinction that I'm struggling with, so it's, it doesn't actually matter anything. I'm just, I'm just struggling with it, so whatever. It's kind of like a, a dirge, not necessarily a funeral dirge, but a dirge. Sad and somber. I don't mean to be rude. I'm glad it's short because I feel like if this feeling had carried on for a long time, especially into like the five minute range, I feel like it would be it'd be hard because we're basically relying on the lead vocalist here. It's a good line, but I don't want to hear any lead vocalist wail for five minutes. Like I just don't. No, you could name anybody. And I don't want to hear him for five minutes. For the style, I think we did the right time choice. I think it's pretty good. I generally like it. Yeah, I find that uh, Serviette's sensibilities are generally correct. It's just a limitation in uh, practice and uh, equipment. I think it's definitely one of the stronger shadows we have here. Maybe I have problems with the lyrics. I didn't pay close enough attention to them. I don't know. Saying humanity's come so far, I could probably debate that. But I could debate anything. There are some good low notes in here. I don't have any major critiques. Yeah, maybe Serviettes was cut too early. Half our contestants were cut too early. Hell, we cut half our contestants in round zero. Uh, moving on then to our final shadow. Oh, next, we've got That was Vom Vorten, Judge 5 or 4 or 1 or 3, something like that. I can personally test that Vom actually hates all Americans. They hate us because they ain't us. This is a very classic Vom song. 
we're getting back to the roots of the jangly vom sound. And I like it. If I'm being mean, the challenge I feel like is better than technically met, but it's sort of in like the Frankie Cave Dwellers, like I did it, I tried a little bit of effort, but it's not like super quarter to song. That is also though, like a Vom Vorten specialty style. I mean, Vom's a judge. Part of me is, Vom, you must do better than everybody because you're a judge. And part of me is, Vom, you're a judge. Why would you ever be any... What am I saying? God, I should stop talking. I mean, it's good. It's a good Von Borton song. I'm going to say he cheated because he knew about the challenge and the, the title like three or four days before anybody else did, so DQ'd. If this song is not a commentary on Animal Farm, then I am disappointed. I have not listened to all the lyrics, but he says four wheels are better than two. That reminds me of four legs better than two, which was a thing from Animal Farm, right? Yeah. So if this is based on the George Orwell novel, kudos. I don't know. I would have to pay closer attention. (laughs) He's a judge, so we should only say bad things. This is a common theme with the shadows. They could all use a little more polish. And I think on this one, it, it would help. I think I like this one's take on the acapella the most. Maybe that's what I wrote. I don't know if I disagree with myself. The biggest complaint I have is with the guitar tone. It just needs a little more beefing up in general, and I think the guitar tone's the easiest way to do that. Yeah, maybe. The second you mentioned the challenge, I get sort of stuck there. I mean, it's, it's a good, interesting challenge. There's interweaving parts. It's there. It's more than a checkbox. I absolutely give it that. It's also short, though, and it's in the middle of the song. It's not central to the song. It's in my, my middle bucket of, of song challenges. Of They did it. It's not just checkbox. It's not shaping everything. So The beach theme is definitely shaping the song more than the challenges. That's fair, but I like the whole We Were the Vampires hook. Yeah, the beach theme. It's great. Just the words We Were the Vampires. That's a good hook. It's a good hook to uh, hook your um, acapella hat on. So that's our Shadow Entries contestants. Normally I would ask Mike, where do they place? But we've been recording for two hours and 21 minutes, so I won't do that to him since he has to edit later. I mean, I think we all agree Vom is the absolute worst because he's a judge, and since judges get treated like shit, we will continue that that trend. That's a thing we and do. And clearly, Grumpy Mike is the best because Grumpy clearly. Mike Obviously, is always the best. Obviously, because I had me, best. another judge, it should be the best song. Is it the worst then? No, it's the best because I am the one who's commenting. And I'm immaculate. Like Mary. I am like Mary, and Bomb is like Satan. <laughs> Boom. Nailed it. So that was round five. five. Round six. The title is Home Stretch, and the challenge is Polyrhythm. Ben, being a musical expert in musical theory, could you explain what polyrhythm is? So A, this is our pen ultimate challenge. So we have five competitors. Only two will walk away. B, I had to listen to a bunch of YouTube videos to get this correct Polyrhythm, technically, is when you have two different rhythms in the same measure. So, easy example, where you have a a rhythm of four beats and a rhythm of three beats occupy the same space, either a three, four, or four, four. Pass the stinking butter is a classic three to four. Go look it up. There's no way I can explain this without video components. But basically, the way it works is you tap four with one hand, Tap three with another hand. The first beat should match. And then you're basically doing four in one hand and three in the other hand. And the ones should line up. That's basically a polyrhythm, like super simplified. We also will allow a polymeter, which is where you have two different meters slash time signatures that eventually line up. So instead of trying to fit a four, four and a three, four into the same bar, you are essentially saying, I'm going to fit a three, four and I'm going to fit a four, four. And they will match up every 12 bars, because that's when three and four, uh, least common multiple. Okay, so a four, four, and a three, four walk into a bar. Is it polyrhythm? As long as they sit next to each other and not 12 seats apart. It is very much a technical challenge, and I am curious to see how it'll work. I feel like this one's really easy to fall into a checkbox. I'm going to do it for a couple measures, and that's it. It's also, I think, really easy to be overwhelmed and try to do lots and lots of different polyrhythms and totally have it fall apart. This is the biggest honeypot for cave dwellers ever. This is a challenge designed to get cave dwellers out. Because Cave Dwellers is going to make the most polyrhythmic song beyond any comprehensible idea of a song. 
I don't know where our contestants are going to line up on and how they're going to fall. I suspect we're going to get mostly a lot of people who do the bare minimum to meet it because it's probably a hard challenge to do, which, I mean, no fault. And there'll be one or two who go way too far out. I don't really anticipate a ton of sweet spots that are like, I did a good polyrhythm and it's going to melt your face and you're going to be happy with it. I suspect that's going to be really hard to do. Props to anyone who does do it. One of the things with polyrhythms that I have trouble with is being able to reflect and say that is a polyrhythm. It's a little bit of a natural thing, but it's also difficult to look back and say that's an example of a polyrhythm. Yeah, I suspect that's going to be the problem too. I think that it's called the resultant rhythm where you don't really count it. It just is the rhythm. And you say, oh, great, I can just do that. No problem. When you do four, four and a three, four and you get seven, whatever it is, number of hits in a bar. And you say, oh yeah, I can just do that. No problem. When you try and split it up, my brain like goes into overdrive and like, oh, I'm, I'm really overthinking it. I expect that's going to be the, the real hardship is people are going to overthink this too much. I would expect most people to do 6-8 where you would do 4-4 four, four with triplets or 4-4 four, four with eighth triplets or wh- what whatever have you. It's going to be interesting to see how many people make a great song around it versus how many people just do the bare minimum and how many people think way too hard and get stuck in their head and, and totally flop on it going too far. And Ben can only count to four, folks. That's true. Anyway, that's our show. Yell at Mike on the Song Fight forums. The one thing we've forgotten is to go to Nurine. That's right. The new website Mike redesigned. N-U-R-E dot I-N. It's very nice now. Thank you, Mike. I do appreciate it. It's very lovely. Go listen to all the songs. They're up there. All of them. All right. That's all for now, folks. We'll song Song love love you you next time. time.